Hello everyone! Welcome back to the Doctrine, Dogma, and Davide podcast. My name is Davide Genoa-Sterpi, and today I want to talk a little bit about the Rosary. Specifically, I want to talk about sort of the history and development of the Rosary over time, because it's really interesting, and it's a history that not a lot of people, I think, know about. Now, the Rosary began in the 13th century with what was called the Marian Psalter. This is not really the Rosary as we understand it today, but it consisted of 150 Hail Marys said in succession. And each one of those 150 Hail Marys corresponded to the 150 uh, Psalms from Scripture. Now, there are a few stories about exactly how the Rosary originated. The first is that uh, the Blessed Virgin Mary appeared to St. Dominic, who was preaching against the Albigensians in southern France at the time, and gave him the Rosary and instructed him to say it and to encourage others to to pray it frequently for the salvation of souls and that it would aid his uh, his evangelization and his his ministry. Now, another story goes that you know Mary didn't directly give uh, Saint Dominic the Rosary, but did appear to Saint Dominic and encouraged him to spread the Rosary and to spread the practice of the Marian Psalter uh, with along with his preaching. And proponents of this this view, this sort of less direct institution of the Mar- uh, of the Rosary by the Blessed Virgin Mary point out the fact that around that same time there was another Psalter that consisted of 150 Our Fathers said in succession, and so it's not exactly a huge leap to go from 150 Our Fathers to 150 Hail Marys, and that somebody somewhere had probably already done that. And then Mary just appeared to St. Dominic, and St. Dominic then popularized the practice. The third theory goes that Mary never actually appeared to St. Dominic at all, and advocates of this theory point out the fact that the first record we actually have of this uh, story of the origin of the rosary goes back to about 250 years after the time of St. Dominic by a man named Alan de Rupe. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. But the story goes that Alan de Rupe was just trying to attach the rosary or the Marian Psalter as it was understood at that time, that it was just trying to attach the practice to a famous name like St. Dominic in order to uh, add legitimacy to it and encourage people to say it more often. Now, me personally, I uh, I actually find myself believing the uh, the sort of second theory that you know someone somewhere had probably been saying the Marian Psalter at some point, and then Mary came and told St. Dominic of its importance and to popularize it. I think that that's sort of the most likely situation. But regardless of its origin, one thing that is uh, quite certain is that the rosary at that time was very much not the rosary we know today. There were no decades. There were not the 20 mysteries of the rosary that we're familiar with today. There actually were 150 mysteries of the rosary at that time, each mystery corresponding to one of the 150 psalms. There was no creed, there were no Our Fathers, there was no Glory Be, there was no Hail Holy Queen. In fact, even the Hail Mary didn't look like what the Hail Mary looks like today. In fact, it was only the first half of the Hail Mary that was prayed at that time. It was Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. The Hail Mary didn't add the word Jesus, the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, until the 14th century, and added the second half of the Hail Mary, the Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us now and at the hour of our death, was added in the, uh, in the very beginning of the 16th century, in the 1500s. Now, the rosary as we know it today started to take uh, a more clear shape in 1569 under the pontificate of Pius V who split the rosary up into the decades we understood, offset by Our Fathers and Glory Bees, 
and he established the 15 mysteries of the rosary, those being the sorrowful, joyful, and glorious mysteries for people to meditate on with each decade of the rosary, and assigned each mystery, set of mysteries to a different day of the week. Pius V then further promoted the rosary in the lead-up to the Battle of Lepanto, which took place in 1571. The Battle of Lepanto was a battle that was fought between the European Christians and the Muslim Turks. Now, it took place uh, off the coast of Greece and was largely seen as sort of like a make-or-break moment for Christendom. The Christians fought this battle uh, outnumbered against the, the Turks, but ended up winning the battle, and their victory over the Turks in, this, in the Battle of Lepanto is largely attributed to the, the fact that Pius V was encouraging the faithful to say the rosary throughout Europe for the victory. And a year after the battle, Pope Pius instituted Our Lady of Victory in 1572, and then the next year his successor, Pope Gregory XIII, changed it to Our Lady of the Rosary to make it more specific, to, to more specifically attribute the victory at the Battle of Lepanto to the Rosary specifically. Now, the next major development in the Rosary, I would say, is probably the apparitions at Fatima in the early 1900s, in the early 20th century. Now, this is when Our Lady appeared to three children in the small Portuguese town of Fatima, and they, she instructed them to pray the rosary every day for the conversion of sinners. She said that many people, many souls go to hell because no one is willing to pray for their conversion. And so she encouraged them to, to pray the rosary as much as possible. And she also instructed that at the end of every decade, we should say the prayer, O oh my Jesus, forgive us our sins and save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those most in need of thy mercy. And then in 2002, we had sort of the, the most recent development in the practice of, the, of saying the rosary under the pontificate of Pope St. John Paul II. Now, he instituted what he called the luminous mysteries, those being the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan, the wedding feast at Cana, the proclamation of the kingdom of heaven, the transfiguration, and the institution of the Eucharist at the Last Supper. And I want to talk a little bit right now about sort of some of the controversy that surrounds the luminous mysteries because I, I've heard some traditionalists argue that you should not say the the luminous mysteries because they were instituted by Pope John Paul II. You should only pray the original uh, 15 mysteries, the sorrowful, joyful, and glorious mysteries. And my response to that is I, I think that that's kind of silly because ultimately, you know, Pray with whatever mysteries are, are sort of spiritually fruitful for you. Heck, it, as long as they're not heretical in any way, if you want to meditate on mysteries that the church hasn't officially endorsed, as long as they're not contrary to the faith, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, pray the rosary. I mean, the idea that, you know, our Lord or our Lady would be displeased by, you know, the development of the rosary by adding these uh, luminous mysteries is, is really quite silly to me, considering the fact that, you know, the rosary that was given to St. Dominic by Our Lady like, didn't have the, the original 15 mysteries. They had 150 mysteries, and then the church chopped it down to 15. I don't think that the Blessed Virgin Mary was displeased when, for instance, the rosary was chopped up into decades either, especially since at Fatima she instructed that the Oh My Jesus prayer be said after every decade. And so it's quite clear that she is not displeased by the development and the changes to the devotion of the rosary over time. So I guess ultimately the, the moral of the story and my, my stance on, on the Luminous Mysteries is 
if you find it spiritually fruitful to pray with the Luminous Mysteries, do it. I'm so glad you're praying the Rosary. If you do not find it spiritually fruitful to pray with the Luminous Mysteries, then pray with the other mysteries. I'm glad you're saying the Rosary. I, I think that this is just a really needless source of division and a source of division that I think the devil is quite pleased with. Just pray the Rosary. So in conclusion, you know, I, I would just encourage you all to pray the Rosary every day. Or if, if you can't find time to pray the entire rosary every day, like maybe just start with one decade. I know that it took me a long time to establish sort of the, the practice and the habit of praying the rosary every day, and now I'm actually trying to get into the habit of praying it twice a day, although sometimes I still fall, fall back on just one rosary a day because it, it takes time to sort of develop that habit. But like, you know, I, I would encourage you guys to just take one step at a time and, you know, maybe just start with a decade and then work your way up to praying the, the whole rosary every day because it, it will work wonders in your life. Now, I, I do want to mention that, like, the rosary is not a mandatory devotion. You know, I, I know that Catholics talk about it like it's the, the most important thing in the world, and, and I do see it as, as sort of the most powerful prayer of the laity. But it's not mandatory for salvation. I, I would much rather you pick uh, another devotion that you can actually stick to than praying the ro than you know trying to pray the rosary but not actually sticking to it. The most important thing is prayer. Um, that said, I I love the rosary, and if you can make the daily rosary a part of your life, I it, it will transform your life. I promise. Now, all that being said, thank you so much for watching. I hope that this video was spiritually fruitful for you. If you like the video, please like, share, comment, subscribe, do whatever it is people of the internet do, and I will see you all next time. Bye-bye.